A reading from the letter to the Galatians, beginning with chapter 3, verse 23. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So when the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, we are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. The word of the Lord. Second reading is from the book of John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Well, Emmanuel, Merry Christmas. I hope you had a great day yesterday. Um, I'm recording this because I'm still recovering from COVID, so thank you so much for your patience. Um, but take a look at that epistle reading, the one from the letter to the Galatians. Uh, here's what I want to show you today. Christmas 
is when God gives us a gift of a new identity. Now, is that what you think of when you think about Christmas? Um, I'll bet you that's not what you think of when you think about Christmas. Uh, we think about a lot of things at Christmas. We think about good things like gifts and food and family and joy and so forth. And then we think about difficult things, uh, grief, disappointment, uh, relational tension, all kinds of things. But today, I want to remind us uh, that when Jesus came, he came to give us a new and a deeper identity. And let me be more specific. Jesus came to share his identity with us. And here's another way to say it. The Son of God became what we are, human, so that we could become what he is, the beloved child of God. Now, I take this from verse 4 in the epistle reading. Take a look at it. The Apostle Paul writes this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Now, friends, that was revolutionary for the Apostle Paul's first readers. Let me explain. So the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to a group of churches in Galatia, which is modern-day Turkey. And these churches were majority Gentile, meaning they weren't Jewish. And as far as we can tell, they were a people who were wrestling with their identity. So they had their inherited cultural identity. They were Greek by culture, uh, and they were pagan by religion. But during the first century, there were a lot of pagans who started looking over at Judaism, kind of looking over the fence, so to speak, at Judaism with a bit of envy. And they were envious because Judaism just clearly had a better God than they did. Uh, the Greek gods, they didn't love you. They sort of used you. The relationship between the Greek gods and the people who served them was, at best, transactional. But they could look over at the Jewish community, and the Jewish community spoke of a God who had rescued them, and who had walked with them, and who had bestowed his love upon them. And that was attractive to a lot of Greek pagans. And you can see why it would be attractive, right? And the more they looked at the Jewish heritage, the more the Gentiles felt the bankruptcy of their own pagan heritage. And then the Apostle Paul showed up. And the Apostle Paul came preaching Jesus Christ. And, and Paul told them that the Son of God became human so that humans from all nations could become children of God. And that was really good news. And a bunch of Gentiles from Galatia were baptized into Christ and became the first churches uh, in that area. But then the Apostle Paul moved on, and something odd happened. A group of Jewish Christians followed after him, and they had a different message for the Galatians. They said something like this, Jesus is wonderful, and Paul is fine. But if you really want to enjoy God's full favor, then you need to become Jewish. You need to become fully Jewish. You need to exchange your Greek identity for a Jewish identity. You need to be circumcised, and you need to perform all the Jewish ceremonies. Jesus will get you pretty far, but you need to perform a full Jewish identity in order to get the whole way. Now, I can only imagine that message was both confusing and compelling to the Galatians. I'm sure it was confusing because it was different from what Paul had told them, but I'm sure it was compelling because it tapped into the Galatians' desire 
to gain full identity as members of God's people. I mean, identity is a big deal for all of us, isn't it? It's a big deal for us today. We know that. It's a big deal. It's always been a big deal for people. Humans have always been asking, who am I? Who am I really? And how do I know who I really am? And typically, there's two main ways to figure out that question. Um, First, there's inherited identity. So in a lot of traditional societies, identity is is mainly inherited. Uh, I'm born into a particular community. I'm born male or female. I have a certain uh, ethnic heritage. I, I might be born into a particular trade. It's the community who tells me who I am and what role I play within that community. It's an inherited identity. The trouble is that our inherited identities often, always, bear profound brokenness. And so when we feel the brokenness of our inherited identity, we often swing to a second approach, especially in less traditional societies. And the second approach is a performed identity. A performed identity is when maybe we look within ourselves and we construct a new identity based upon our desires, based upon our performance in some sphere of life, Uh, We might reject our heritage or part of it, and we might spend a lot of time inventing a new me. And maybe we even move to a big city like New York to try to get that done. We try to perform an identity, and we hope that this performed identity will be better than the identity we previously inherited. And in a way, that's what the Galatians are attempting to do. They felt the brokenness of their cultural background, and so they began to try to perform their way towards a Jewish identity. Well, the Apostle Paul hears about all this, and he just he just flips his lid. And he tries, uh, in this letter to the Galatians, to show them that they're walking into a terrible trap. And he says something like this, Galatians, what you don't understand is that the Jewish identity is just as much in need of redemption as the Gentile identity. According to Paul, both Jews and Gentiles bear broken identities. Both Jews and Gentiles have been wrecked by sin. So if you replace your broken pagan identity by trying to perform your way into a new Jewish identity, you're going to end up just replacing an old brokenness with a new kind of brokenness. But what you need, argues Paul, is something entirely new. You need an identity that doesn't settle for the brokenness you've inherited from your past, nor is it all about performing your way toward a self-made, self-invented identity. No, what you need is an identity that comes as a gift from God himself. And according to Paul, that's exactly what Jesus came to give. Because Jesus is the one person with an identity that is free from all brokenness. He's free from all sin. Jesus' deepest identity is as the beloved Son of God. And because he is the Son of God, Jesus enjoys perfect intimacy with God as his Father. And that's the identity that every human heart longs for. But it's also an identity that's always beyond our reach. Now, that's why verse 4 is such a revolution for the Galatians. Take a look at it again. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, 
to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Now, do you remember what I said at the beginning? The Son of God became what we are, human, so that we might become what he is, the beloved children of God. In other words, Jesus came to arrange our adoption. And adoption is radically different. It's a different approach to identity. Adoption is not based upon inherited identity. Adoption is not based upon performed identity. Adoption is a new family and a new identity based upon gift, based upon grace alone. And the grace of adoption gives you not only a new identity, but also a profound intimacy. Look at verse 6. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Emmanuel, every human being bears the question of identity. Who am I? Who am I really? And how in the world am I supposed to answer that question? And part of why we can't get away from that question is that underneath the question of, of identity is the driving need for intimacy. And God designed us to find our identity only finally in a relationship of profound intimacy with God as our Father. And that's why Jesus came at Christmas. The Son of God became what we are, human, so that we might become what he is, the beloved child of God. So whatever it is that comes to your mind when you think about Christmas, consider the gift of identi identity and the intimacy that comes with it. Identity and intimacy are some of the deepest questions of your soul and mine. And Jesus came to share his identity and therefore his intimacy with you. His gift of adoption deals with the brokenness of our inherited identity, and it also deals with the brokenness of our performed identity. And his adoption ushers us into the profound intimacy with God as our Father that is the deepest longing of our souls. That is the gift of Christmas. And that's the gift that's on offer for you today. Amen. Hello, everyone. My name is Jim Saladin. I'm the rector here at Emmanuel Anglican Church. Uh, our church exists to see and describe and reflect the beauty of Jesus Christ for the flourishing of our city. And I hope this podcast encouraged you in that way towards Christ. If you're here in New York City, we'd love to see you. Please join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Generosity drives everything we do at Emmanuel. And if you'd like to contribute, please visit www.emmanuelanglicannyc.com slash give.